Hey y'all, this is Benny, the host of the Last Week at Podcast. Before we really get into this week's episode, I just wanted to say that it's been great fun for me and my co-host Mayank to use this podcast as a medium to chat with an incredible area of guests from all over the world on a variety of topics in the cricketing universe. For a couple of amateur podcasters, this is all possible due to Spotify for podcasters. And if you want to get in on this as well, here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then, you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. As added features, video podcasts are also now available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. So if you have an idea for a podcast, give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com podcasters to get started. Welcome to The Last Wicket, a podcast for when the next FTP cycle gives you a lot of breaks from international cricket. I'm your host, Benny, and thank you for tuning in. And uh, folks, before we get to the main uh, part of this episode, a very quick shout out to all of you who have been loyal listeners, uh, who, you know, who are putting up with our infrequent uh, episodes and still listen in and give us, you know, encouraging feedback. Uh, we want to thank all of you. I, I know it, it really is a crazy time for all the hosts on this podcast. We are not professionals. We are, uh, for lack of a better term, amateurs who with, with full-time jobs. And we do this as a really more of a passion project for us. So we want to thank all of you and appreciate all of you for uh, listening in. And uh, we hope, even though it's not as frequent as we would like, that the episodes that we are putting out there are... Uh, useful, entertaining, informational, and something that's different from everything else out there. Uh, but really want to thank all of you for listening and uh, uh, just wanted to let you know that we will still continue to put episodes out there. It will still be infrequent, uh, but we appreciate you uh, listening in. Uh, feel free to check out uh, a lot of our previous episodes. We've done some really good ones over the last couple of years and we're really proud of it uh so please go to www.thelastwicket.com where you can check out all the guests that we've had all the uh topics and themes that we have discussed and uh you you know you may discover some gems in there who knows uh but back to this week's episode uh this week my fellow host mayank had a chat with freelance cricket writer and broadcaster gaurav joshi Uh, Gaurav, who goes by Gampa underscore cricket on Twitter, has worked uh, for CrickBuzz, First Post, Fox Sports, a few Marathi mediums, uh, and has been an occasional commentator on Test Match Sofa as well. And Gaurav graciously spared some of his time to talk to The Last Wicket about what cricket journalism means to him, the travails of the men in blue while wearing whites in 2022, 
the difference between coaches Shastri and Dravid, and something I'm sure no one has had enough of hearing about, basketball. So for all of this and more, stay tuned for the conversation. All right, Gaurav, thank you for joining us. Um, let's start with you. Um, I know there's a lot of different um, cricket journalists and broadcasters out there who have varying style. Um, what I've noticed while following you on, on Twitter particularly is you try to notice the little details between the overs before the day starts and tweet about those and you know try to make uh, an understanding of people's mindsets according to that. Um, curious, how did you develop this style? And um, also, like with COVID, I know you know so many times journalists are forced to uh, do these series, cover these series remotely. How has that affected your style? Yeah, no, a- absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And firstly, you know, thanks for having me on, and thanks for reaching out to me. Very kind of you, and all the uh, you know just teeing up this podcast and it, it, the opinions you had about me and I, I I'm, I'm glad you guys noticed a couple of these little pointers that i i have in my tweets and in my pieces of writing um it, i think it's firstly um and it's the second part of your question first probably that because of covid we haven't been able to get to the grounds but if you are at the ground and i was lucky enough to be at the edge baston um that you should be able to give something to the whether that's your listener, that's your audience, whichever media it is, something that you don't see on television. Um, and right now that's getting harder and harder because television, due to broadcasting, you know, they're trying to get in the face of the players. They just want almost a camera inside the dressing room. And we've probably seen that in uh, multiple different sports now. Uh, unfortunately, in a way, it hasn't gone like that to, to, to cricket, uh, certainly not with Indian cricket. Um, but if you can give, and because I think that if, if you see something, I think there was one about how Virat Kohli was giving a sound advice to Shubman Gill how to catch um, during the Birmingham test. Not how to catch, but giving a couple of pointers. And it seemed to be about, you know, taking hands up or keeping them hands down. Just these small things that you, you, you find out and you want to, and, and then tomorrow, and Shubman Gill takes a catch, you kind of look at those different aspects not just on the field and in between overs, what happens at practice sessions because they're not recorded anywhere, not yet anyway. Um, right. And it's in, and it takes, you know, there's, and I've learned this um, from a very good colleague of mine in Bharat Sundaresan who writes for Crick Buzz. Um, and basically you want to be, if, if you've got the advantage of being at the ground, you should give the reader or the audience a perspective from the ground there's no point trying to start up your writing or if it's an audio file or whatever a video description saying well you know Rishabh Pant hit three cover drives everyone saw that it's what he did before the game that becomes so important so and how did I develop this I think I've just had this really uh, you know eye for these small parts of any sports, I'm just intrigued by technique. I'm intrigued by little technicalities of the game. And when you've got your eyes open and literally you're looking, you know, everywhere in your peripheral vision to see who's talking to who. Um, why did Bumrah get uh, introduced Siraj? You know, you might have seen something uh, where down at fine leg, sometimes the bowling coaches come and had a chat to Siraj. You know, that's not captured in on television. Or he has a chat with the strength and conditioning coaches. 
Uh, so all these little parts, if you've got, if the ground is in front of you, you should keep keeping an eye out because that could lead to, you know, whether that's a wicket or could be an injury or could be any tactical decision that's going on. So I think I've just been blessed by that because, you know, you might see that in different different sports. It's not the actual person with the ball or the equipment in hand. Sometimes it's the people around them that impact the decision. And I think that's, that's quite important, uh, even in cricket, um, as we move ahead. So yeah, it's just a knack I've had, and I'm just—I think I'm just a cricketing nerd or sporting nerd. <laughs> yeah, that's that's very well said. I I think um you know I I think back to all the cricket I've watched, and I feel like um the Perth 2007 spell of Ishan Sharma, um when the Sehwag walked up to the stumps and you know said Ekor Dalega, and yeah, had he not said that next to the stumps, maybe you would have never known. So um it's it's but true. It is it is the people around that. Make that impact. Yeah, and and you know there was next to stunts, but a great example because say if I'm hypothetically in the press box at that at that minute, and I see like you know Ishan has bowled the over and going down to the final leg, and Sebak runs from cover and has a long chat to him, right? I might not hear the chat, but as a journalist, if Sebag or Ishan Sharma comes for a press conference, I can ask them um, just before that over. You had this chat. What was that about? You know what I mean? Right. And that's what this is about, keeping your eyes open all the time. I think sometimes a lot of people, yeah, we're all guilty of it at times. I think this sort of new and upcoming sort of generation, you're so involved in social media that they forget to watch what's happening in between balls. Um, but I think it's an important part of the game. It, it it might not fascinate people. I think it fascinates me and some of the others, but I think it's a quite a, yep. if you can have that tool, it, it, why not use it to your advantage to tell the story, which is at the end, the job of a journalist. Right. Absolutely. And I think even on India's last tour to Australia, where due to COVID, there were all these restrictions and there were only really a handful of journalists who were at the ground. Uh, I believe you and Bharat were were there, you know, following the Indian team for the most part, if not all tests. Um, it, you know, this reminds me of one of the stories that Bharat wrote about uh, Rishabh Pant, where he was batting with an, I believe it was an injured arm, yeah. and uh, in the nets, and and you know, he was constantly pushing himself to keep going, and and uh, even Raghu and and um, the other uh, uh, the other uh, ball thrower we have in the team. They were all, you know, a little nervous about not injuring him further, but yeah. he kept on fighting and ended up, you know, drawing the match. I think it was with his ninety-seven. So, yeah, Absolutely. stories like that definitely, you know, it, it's not just about what they do on the day; it's about what they did before that led to that that yeah. moment. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and and you've touched on that. It's a great series, and Bharat and I were the only ones there, and uh, you know, we're fortunate enough to be there. So look out for that. We're doing something big on that series, and um, we'll notify you guys very soon. Um, look out for it on social media. Oh, that would be that would be great. Absolutely, we'll we'll keep an eye out. Um, so moving on, I I noticed that you also dabble into other sports. Um, looks like you spent some time following golf. Um, Aussie ruled as well. Um, do you do those as a journalist or just as a fan? And uh, I guess, have you tried to apply some learnings um, from the other sports which you think are you know, applicable to cricket as well, covering cricket as well? Yeah, well, I mean, that you, you used a good term there, fan or covering. If you're covering sport, in my opinion, you should be there to cover sports, um, not as a fan. If you're there as a fan, like, uh, you know, sometimes it affects your writing. 
and you know you've got i'm sure you've got thousands of subscribers and listeners who will say oh you, you don't want india to win it's not about watching india to win or australia to win and once you come to the ground with that mindset or uh, that you know you know you look at this india uh, uh, sorry, India-New Zealand uh, test match, uh, India-England test match, let me get that right. Um, and, you know, people are like, oh, India's bowling was 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 ordinary. Why didn't they get it right? But because you only think of it from a fan's perspective, you're all constantly thinking about India and you forget to appreciate how well Joe Root and uh, Johnny Bairstow batted. And that's why I think if you go there with that neutral impression, it, it, it opens your thinking a lot more, according to me. In terms of other sports, yes, I've uh, I covered the Canadian golf, and while we're recording this, I'm in Canada as well. That's why we're in a very good time zone. Um, but I covered the Canadian Open, the U.S. Open um, in Boston. So that was my first little. I've done a couple of Australian Opens back home, but this was the main one where I was actually covering. I got to interview, you know, a couple of the Australian players, including Cameron Smith, um, and it was great because the, again. What I felt and I've always felt in terms of golf is, you know, whether that's someone putting on the green, you don't really understand how difficult the greens are because the technology is not quite, you know, the broadcast technology is not as adequate as what it could be potentially and how it shows, you know, the contours and the undulations. Um, and when people say, oh, hitting out of the rough is difficult, but it's not until you're there you realize, oh my god, how did he execute that shot? And just to watch them train, like you know, I was lucky enough to watch, Ro like you know, stand behind Rory McIlroy hit thousands of balls, and and Justin Thomas, and just what they were talking about with their coach. It's like, why don't I try a low one and try bend it, and you know how they execute it. Um, so yeah, these are little little technicalities. Uh, but yeah, my little like sort of foray into golf was 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 really good. I found it interesting. Had talk to the you know the caddies to understand how they read the books um and you know talk to Rory McIlroy he he won the Canadian Open and it was quite intriguing when I asked him what was different and he said I decided to get different yardage for myself this time not just for my caddy but I wanted to do a bit of research so that helped me a lot on where I wanted to hit the ball so just little fine things like that how sports operate speaking to PGA experts on how they dictate how long the rough is going to be, how quick the greens are going to be, speaking to the green keepers. So, yeah, all these little technicalities. Um, I do the same with cricket, um, you know, speak to a lot of the curators, uh, you know, umpires give you a different perspective because we're always thinking from a bat and ball perspective. And as I mentioned before, it's 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 not just the, the centre of attention and what goes around in dressing rooms and uh, training, uh, you know, practice uh, practices and and so forth which become so important um and right. it creates that whole sort of event for us and we only focus on the little parts but there's so much more to it absolutely that that makes sense um let's let's switch to indian cricket and its current state um now obviously we've had some really good highs uh and you covered them closely whether it was the gaba win or uh just our overall you know how solid india has been in test matches um over almost the last decade uh, at home and um, 
so 2022 has not gotten off to a great start. We've lost, um, and I keep saying we, so you can tell I'm a fan and not a journalist. Uh, um, India's lost three consecutive games defending, you know, what are sizable totals considering the conditions. Two of them, 200 plus in South Africa, and of course the Edge Baston uh, loss. Um, do you think that the discipline in the bowling was lacking in this recent win, uh, recent loss, I should say? Um, and how much of a part did the Duke ball play? Um, well, it was interesting because uh, before the test match, um, Justin Bruma was asked about the ball and he said, I don't, you know, it feels same like last year, um, whether he changed his, when I say last year, is 2021, when they were here for the four test matches. Even dur- during the practice sessions, I afterwards I spoke to somebody and they said, no, it seems to be pretty much doing the same. It's behaving the same. But at the end of the day, the practice balls, they're not being hit you know, all around the paddock like Johnny Bairstow when Joe Root was. So um, a big difference there. So uh, it's hard to say if it's a Duke's ball. Uh, one thing I must say, and uh, you mentioned the three disappointing results and Birmingham being one of them and two in South Africa. Actually, post-match, I asked Rahul Dravid about why what was the reason that uh, and in a way he sort of had an elaborated answer but in two points he said were two words that he mentioned were intensity and fitness um so fitness i thought was an important one just from you know having been there myself in terms of watching them in australia to and listen and speaking a bit of a, a few backroom staff as well two things i think they probably wanted to point out was it was always going to be hard because, and and that's the challenge for any long format. Um, is is if you look at the series in twenty twenty one, India had probably about sixteen days to prepare going into. I think they were in Durham, and that's why you look at Rahul and uh, Rohit Sharma mm-hmm. who who worked on their game so much. But it seemed that the bowlers could build up towards those test matches. So. Um, and I just felt like this test match, there wasn't enough time for them to build. It's not making excuses, but that's just the nature of cricket now. And as as a fan, I think you need to understand uh, that it, it's almost like I'm telling a fan, like, well, you're, you're running, you know, 100 metre dash and you've been training for that, right? And then suddenly I say, well, no, next week you're doing a marathon, right? So yeah. your training cannot be the same. It, it, it's virtually hard. And I think that's what, and sports science hasn't reached that part and probably may never reach that part. It's just the way that cricket is moving forward. You're changing different formats. You know, if I'm if I'm driving in America and if I go to Australia tomorrow and you tell me here's the keys drive, I'm going to have – it's going to take me a little time to adjust to driving the other side of the road. Right. And it's happening far too frequently. So going back to your point, I almost felt – and, you know, I probably – heard this as well through various sources is the fact that you know if you look at the pattern then Shami and Bumrah bowled a lot of overs um, in the first innings and we were probably helped by the fact that the rain came as well um, and because the rain interruption they could keep bowling so probably like a Shardul or a Siraj probably didn't get the overs they were probably would have bowled in the first innings so they were probably a little bit rusty in the second innings and possibly Shami and Bumrah, and Shami especially, might have been overbowled. Now, whether that's a tactical decision, he bowled really well, um, but 
clearly, given that Dravid mentioned intensity and fitness, it's something that the team would need to look at because, like I said, Birmingham was just not one example. You you rightfully mentioned the two in South Africa. Why hasn't this team bowled a team out? Um, and and interesting part is it probably didn't happen under the you know technicality the Virat Kohli and Shastri era, um, or Bharatarun era, who was an important part right. of these bowlers. Uh, so why has it happened? Certainly, I don't think there's answers. That I believe the answers are probably there from what I've heard and seen. Uh, but you're right; it, it, it's an important point, and we need not had a spinner either. Um, whether that would have helped, I don't think so on this pitch, uh, given that what Rahul Dravid said, not what I said. And this goes back to you know this whole journalist. It's not about journalists having opinions; it's about journalists actually speaking to people and telling the viewers on what they've said. Uh, when I say People, I mean, you know, the experts or you know, like to drive it or whoever's around the team. So, does that right. answer your question? No, it, it does. It does, and I think I think that's really fair because. And as I was thinking about this test, I was also thinking that while this loss was, you know, disappointing, um, considering the target they had, you know, put up on the total, uh, put put up, but um, the South Africa losses were even worse in in my mm-hmm. mind because. Not only, as you said, we were in a good rhythm, we had the match practice, we'd won the first game already. Um, and on top of that, I, it seemed like they were bowling really well in the second and third test as well. Just didn't have, you know, the yep. rub of the green their way uh, yeah. on occasion. And and I, I can't remember if there were any drop catches, but uh, probably a bit of that as well. So, um, yeah, and that definitely fact felt... That, not being disrespectful to South Africa, but... Uh, you know, Joe Root is a is one of the great cricketers. You know, Johnny Bairstow is in the form of his life now. Not like I said, no disrespect to South Africa, but they probably didn't even have that quality of batsmen, and and still they managed to lose. And the pitch probably, like you said, had a bit more intensity, while this one just turned out to right. be a pretty flat pitch. Right, absolutely, and and that's the case with you know pitches like that. We. Um, uh, when they are so when they're so bowling friendly, the margins are very very fine, and and India ended up being on the wrong side twice. So, um, yeah, I think the South Africa losses were definitely something that um, I, I thought were worse than this particular total because England, as we all know, were were on a roll. Um, we came in after playing a bunch of you know limited overs cricket and had to jump over and start the, playing this test match. So it obviously didn't feel like a continuation of 2021, even if uh, you know the scoreline says so. Um, so switching over, I know we talked about the bowling. Um, I do want to talk about batting, and and you wrote in your um, article for first post that uh, the article uh, the batting must take a fair chunk of you know the blame since um, what could have been, you know, potentially a target of 450 uh, was reduced to 378. And um, and it's not the first time this has happened. I think we yep. saw that again in South Africa as well. Um, and in general, I think our batting has not been performing very well. Uh, our lower order batters and Jadeja and Pant have been doing a great job. Um, but even somebody like Kohli, who, although he did really well in South Africa, has had, you know, not the best of the last three years. Um, uh, and that's in spite of considering all the bowling-friendly pitches that we've had. Um, so I guess curious about your thoughts on where India should go with our batting. Um, I know that India's chances in 
to reach the World Test Championship final in this particular cycle are pretty limited. Um, so having said that, do you think it would be a good idea to start thinking long term? And, um, you know, obviously, I'm not saying start dropping people right away, yeah. but uh, at least considering giving more chances to youngsters and, and um, having sure they have a few games under their belt before, you know, we tour South Africa or England or West Indies or Australia the next time. Yeah, the next time so far away that <laughs> who knows who the coach might be, who knows which players are coming up, who knows which players have got injuries. So um, <laughs> I can say that, you know, those tours are so far away at the moment. And it's quite interesting that and, and in a way, it's just the way the Indian community is as fans that everything's judged about what's done overseas and not at home. Um, while the other part of it, it's not much is judged or people are not aware of what somebody's done in a Ranji Trophy match. Um, I always ask this question. I like to know which players were picked straight out of the IPL and have gone on and just cherished at the at the elite level. Um, people say Hardik Mandia, but Hardik Mandia had still played, I think, 22 first-class games. Jasper Brummer had played 43 first-class games. Um, so little facts that people not even aware, aware of. But um, going back to your main question about batting, I mean, let's... You know, if you look at the Birmingham test, if, if you look at fr- five of the frontline bat- batsmen, and I'm not talking about Pant and Jadeja here, the five top five, they all had two, uh, you know, two innings, so that's 10 innings. The only guy who really, out of those 10 innings, apart from Pujara's one six, uh, you know, 66 in the second knock, everyone else failed. So nine out of 10 were failures, which is a big sort of question mark, whether that's, with, uh, you know, with their... Uh, at the same time... Um, you know, the reason why India had this success in England last year was on the back of Gail Rahul and Rohit Sharma, who both didn't play in the Test match. So, but you're right, that middle order, you know, Rahane is gone. Um, but big question is on Kohli. But who's knocking the door down to push Kohli out? I mean, this was a chance for Hanuman Vihari. This was a chance for Shreyas Ayer. Um, if Ayer makes a 60 or a 70 or makes a 100, uh, and in the second innings, I think... One of the reasons I wrote that uh, in that piece was because they just weren't ruthless enough, um, and it was what an opportunity was for Shreyas, uh, you know, lead by two hundred and twenty odd. And yes, you get you've got the ability to take the game on, and you probably. But this was the chance where you just say, "Well, I'm so far ahead of the game, I can't give my wicket away," um, and actually push the fields back. Uh, but so nobody's knocking the door down, and two people who should be Avihari and 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 Ayer. Um, who haven't in this test match. So, so where does Shubman Gill, what's his future? Uh, is he an opener? I don't think so from what I've heard from coaching staff. Probably not a long-term opener. Probably at number three. At, or I I strongly believe he's going to be the, the, the number four for India, uh, possibly in the future. Uh, but I think number three is what they've, they've been looking at. So who's there? Um, so that's the big question. I, I totally agree with, you know, why aren't people questioning Virat Kohli's place? They should be. If Rahane was questioned and left out, then why isn't Virat, whose record is probably pretty much, probably if not worse than I think Rahane's was? But who's knocking the door down? Nobody knocked it down in this yeah. test match. You look forward, they've got two test matches against Bangladesh, um, you know, playing in home conditions. Uh, when I say home, subcontinent conditions. And then the big test is going to be Australia. I think this is going to be 
an epic series in when Australia come to India, given how well Australia have played in uh, you know in Sri Lanka and Pakistan in recent times. Right. So, yeah, I, look, I, I I think so. I, are there questions about the batting? I I think there are definitely, um, but you need someone to knock down the door, and and Ayer and 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 Vihari, I think, really missed that chance in this Test match. Yeah, no, that's that's totally fair. I think when we look at some of the bowlers that have done well for India in the last three years, we now see Ishant is not in the mix. And it's it's clear it's because, you know, somebody like Siraj was performing test after test. And even though he didn't have a great test at Edgebaston, but, um, you know, overall, he's, he's uh, to your point, he's knocked down the door and forced himself into the eleven. And that's when we have somebody like Umesh Yadav who's been sitting on the side for uh, almost five years and, and only plays, you know, some domestic um, test matches or test matches in India, I should say. Um, so, yeah, I think I think that's fair. Definitely um, a lot of the Ranji performers will still need to, you know, get their numbers with India A and, and then maybe get a chance for the senior Indian team. And we haven't had a lot of India A series due to COVID as yeah. well, which is the backbench, uh, you know, like... a important part of Rahul Dravid's sort of regime to give these guys a lot of experiences. Uh, I'll be curious to see what happens to someone like Safraz Khan, uh, Sar, um, Sar, yeah, Safraz Khan, who's what, made four or five hundreds this year in the Ranji Trophy. Um, yeah. So imagine if he gets that you know, advantage of playing an eight or somewhere, maybe sort of from now to end of the year, see how he performs. So I think COVID's had a bit of impact on that. I think we need to realise that uh, as well. Where you know the platforms and the actual uh, the infrastructure which was sort of put into place by Driver as the NCA head hasn't quite been able to be uh, you know people haven't been able to follow it and one of the, those reasons has been COVID so we, we've got to think about that as well. Absolutely, fair point. Uh, but talking about Dravid, um you know you obviously covered some of the tours on, uh, that India did with Ravi Shastri at the helm. Um, are there specific things that you've noticed um, in your interactions with the team and your uh, just, you know, in, in, while you're traveling with them um, in, in the management styles or in just the working styles between these two um, coaches? Well, first part is I think <laughs> Ravi Shastri is just uh, his first job and he, he'll probably admit to it. Uh, is to be, you know, as a head coach, but is also the protector of the team. And I say protector, you know, it's people like us as the media who they want to, you know, do. Um, and I think the way Ravi Shastri could, could handle the media was exceptional. I mean, yes, you, you know, you're probably looking at, oh, he's giving out these uh, these ridiculous statements. But the ridiculous statements actually get the attention of the team and puts the attention and, uh, on him, which as a coach, he's happy to have because it's, lets the players do their own, you know, game. And we've seen that in multiple sports. You speak to a lot of legendary sports coaches and they they were instrumental in taking the pressure off the team and almost be ready to feel that burden on themselves and be blamed because that was their primary job. I thought Ravi Shastra was exceptional at that. That's my opinion from what I've seen. And I'm not saying that Rahul can't do that. It's very early. Uh, but Rahul's been through... a different sort of approach uh, you know he, he's 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 been great at nurturing all a lot of these youngsters coming from under 19s to a level uh, to a tours as well um, but there gets a point on once the nurturing finishes it, it changes from nurturing to managing um, and I think Rahul just sort of experiencing that at the moment whether he's good or not 
who am I to judge? I think the results probably tell a tale and they will at the end of his regime, whenever that is. Um, and I think they're a little bit different. I, I think from what I've seen, I think, you know, and, and later end of it, you know, Ravi became that manager. I think that's just a player that he was, that, that you know, you speak to a lot of people who played with Ravi Shastri, uh, you know, as, as cricketers and, and, and whether that's for Mumbai or for India and, he was an inspirational leader in, in, in just the way he inspired people with his words or his actions or whatever he said. Uh, I'm, I don't know. Rahul is more sort of methodical. You know, he, he'll have, he'll chalk down the plans. He'll say, this is guys who want to execute them. Um, you know, if Richard Pan plays a bad shot, the way Rahul will handle him will be different to what Ravi would have handled him. Um, right. I, 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 and I think which one's right or wrong, we, we don't know. It's just different coaches. And every, and, and that goes on their personality. We all know what kind of personality Ravi Shastri is um, compared to Rahul, Rahul Dravid. Um, whether that works with this younger generation coming through, I'm not sure. Um, and it also goes with hand-in-hand hand with the captains. I mean, the, you know, Shastri-Coley combination was, was just... They, they were just on the same page, you know, that aggression kind of thing. Um, and, and Robert just hasn't had enough time. Like, he hasn't worked. I mean, he, it would have been him and Rohit first time in overseas test match. It didn't happen. It was him and Bumrah. Uh, in South Africa, it was Rahul and, and, and Kohli was still in charge. And then Kale was in charge. So he's never had this continuity there to be able to judge. But I think there's different parts of their game, uh, of their styles of coaching. Uh, as I mentioned, Rahul probably will have these plans from the start and probably said, this is how we need to follow. Cause it, as I met method, you uh, just have his own methods. While right. I think Shabri Shastri is more instinctive. I think he, if he feels something, he sees something, he'll say it. I think Rahul might pick his time a little bit better on how to say it, whether that's wrong or right. Um, it just depends on the situation. Um, yeah. Is that sort of, am I talking sense or am I just, I, no, it really does make sense. And I, I think it's also dependent on the player because yep. every player is used to, you know, interacting and getting feedback in a certain way. So Ravi yep. Shastri's style might have worked really well for, I don't know, 11 of the 15. Yep. And for all we know, the other four felt disconnected, but that just never came out because India kept winning and doing well. Um, and it could be the other way around with Rahul Dravid. So I think, I think only time will tell, but... Uh, you made a really good point there that captains have changed constantly. So it's not like, um, you know, he's driver has got a fair run of just, you know, planning with one captain. So I think in that sense, we definitely have to give him more time to uh, prove his credentials. Um, I, I will say, though, in my personal opinion, I, I was always a big fan of him working at NCA and just being with the, you know, next set of cricketers. Um, which he clearly did very well. You know, he took two sets of under-19 teams to World Cup finals. Uh, and then, of course, there were all these A programs as well as uh, other initiatives at the NCA. Uh, we had uh, we had Mamta Mabin, the former Indian women's captain, who also, you know, talked about how Rahul Dravid introduced a bunch of programs at the NCA, which were very yeah. beneficial for women's cricket. So mm. I definitely felt like he was doing great work. Hopefully, you know, VVS Luxman can carry that on. Yeah, and I think, you know, you mentioned, rightfully, you know, we're still very early in the uh, Rahul Dravid regime. And I think the big one he needs to deal with is the accountability. You mentioned all these under-19 World Cups, but at the end of the day, do they really mean much? Um, 
in terms of cricket, it no. does, but that that doesn't go on the, the you know the average the report card. It's it's almost like I, I've excelled at school, but when it came to corporate, you know, I I I've got nothing <laughs> to show as yet, you know. And and I think that accountability is a big word because now people, uh, and when I say people, I say you know fans, probably even journalists, it's an eye opener. Three test matches you've lost. Who's going to be held accountable? You know, for these losses. Uh, at the end of the day, he's the head coach. Uh, I'm not blaming him for the losses, but I'm just trying to see into the future here where I think, you know, Ravi Shastra was thrown into the deep end. He was made accountable and he came through it. Uh, however, people want to judge him on that. You know, people are going to have different opinions on it. Uh, but I think how he handles that accountability is important. And what, what happens tomorrow if Australia beat India at home? I mean, it's never happened for 25 years. You know, how is he going to be accountable? So it's great to have these development programs because there's nothing to lose, if I can say that. You know, like if, if you're working with youngsters, you're still teaching them. So if they drown while jumping into the pool, that's, that's part of learning. But when you're the head coach, you should have the finished product. He should be able to swim. Uh, and if he can't, right then how do you manage them? Then then clearly, is the system working or not? So uh, accountability is a big thing. I think that's something uh, I think Ravi Shastri uh, cope with really well. Uh, and I think Rahul is just started to face that right at the moment. Absolutely. Um, and we can't, we can't close. I know we've talked a lot about Indian cricket, but we can't close without talking about baseball. That's, oh, please don't. Uh, that's all I've read. <laughs> that's all we've you know we've been hearing but um <laughs> just looking back back at england obviously they've had a fantastic summer you know where they've navigated um whether it's amazing spells by trent bolt or um a lead of 378 in the fourth innings recently uh obviously there's all this talk about the duke ball um there's talk about bat pitches being batting friendly but um i guess my question to you is do you think it's realistic that a leadership change can trigger such a drastic difference from you know what England was in in the recent past, where I believe the record was one win and seventeen Test matches? Yeah. Um, so do you think it's you know that leadership change at the top with Stokes and McCullum coming in yeah. um, is a big part of it, or do you think there's obviously other other factors that have um, you know contributed, but maybe not been given enough credit? No, absolutely. I think just speaking as a few English journalists on this, um, and they were just like, oh, I think the Brute and um, Silverwood era even, well, not Silverwood, but even the Joe era, the Joe Root era probably went a little bit too much going into the to the West Indies tour in the Caribbean. They, they were almost anticipating we need something different. You could just sense it and they follow cricket like, you know, we might follow Indian cricket or Australian cricket. Um, but definitely, I, it doesn't make a difference. A leader, absolutely. I was... I was on air with the BBC during one of the lunchtime, um, I think it was day two or three, and Paul Farbrace was with me, the assistant England coach, uh, when they won the World Cup. Um, and he was talking about and how Owen Morgan and um, Trevor Bayless, and he talked about that first ever meeting they had was in Birmingham. It only went for half an hour. And it was about where, you know, Owen Morgan basically had told the guys, I, I, I don't care. Like, you you got to be able to score it a strike rate of 100. Um, and, he, and he recalled a good example. They were, I think, six for two or, or three for 200 in this 
you know, off sort of 25 overs, so 25 overs to bat. And Owen Morgan went in and he said, me, Jason Roy, I think Alex Hales and I think Trevor Bayless were just sitting on the balcony and we said, oh, geez, Morgs has got 25 overs to bat. All he needs to do is just work the ball around for 10 on overs and then we can explode at the end. Second ball, Owen Morgan ran down the pitch and, and, and smashed, uh, I can't remember who the bowler was, but over his head for six. Uh, third ball, he ran down the pitch and got stumped, right? Now, but this was Owen Morgan saying, as a leader, this I'm going to continue playing to the strategy that we've all agreed on, right? And you can even say that Ben Stokes tried to do that in this test match and that first innings, you know, being dropped. Right. But he's like, this is, it. this is what we're going to do. We're going to go by it. Now, whether that's sustainable, well, it's a very sh- small sample at the moment, but it clearly is. Now, we haven't had the pitches like, you know, possibly the green ones that you expect in England. Uh, if you get one like that, how? and let's be fair, everyone talks about baseball, but how much of the baseball did Joe Root and Johnny Bairstow play in that partnership? In, in Until they added 200, I don't think they play... Johnny Bairstow, Jadeja had the mid-wicket in, no one out deep. He never slog-swept him, right? Joe Root never attempted a reverse sweep until he got to, you know, probably 90. Um, Johnny Bairstow didn't hit one ball in the air in the second knock. He did in the first. But this is is still basketball, but they still scored at four and a half and over. That is credit. This is guys adapting. So basketball is not consistently smashing the ball over the top and being innovative. It's also about adapting. What it does do is it clears your mind. And I think Johnny Bairstow um, basically said, I'm just what I think one of the questions to him was technically, what have you changed? He said, I'm just watching the ball better. And this might sound very cliched and probably from a journalist point of view and saying, really? But I've heard it from many other players. They say, once you get so technical, you're thinking about where your bat is coming from and where your feet are going. And the most important part is to watch the ball and you forget that because your primary thought is occupied by, you know, your trigger movements. Um, and best I said, I just don't have anything. I've just watched the ball and I've just been able to play it. So um, I think so. I think it's definitely, whether it's sustainable, I think Steve Smith was asked that question in Sri Lanka and he said, well, let's see how they go against Hazelwood Stark and, uh, comments on a, on, a, on a pitch which has, you know, a bit of green moisture. So we haven't seen that type pitch probably to an extent. Um, and against that quality pace attack, no disrespect to New Zealand. I thought India had a great lineup, but I think, you know, whether they just looked flat, the pitch got a bit of a pancake as well. So not making excuses. But hey, if, if they can continue to play this way and if it's working, and plus important thing is they have players who can play that way. You know, if if you have right. the Pujaros and the Viharis, um, and to an extent how uh, you know Rahul and uh, Rohit were prepared to bat in that, you don't want to make them play like an aggressive band of cricket. If you're good enough yeah. to adjust to, to your natural game, that's great. But if you're not, um, and and, and best I showed that he could, but you know you should be able to just be allowed to persist with. You know, you it depends on what players you have, and that. You know, 2015, the change of white ball cricket in England was because they had all these stroke makers. Um, right. And that's why Sam Billings is, was picked. You know, he doesn't, doesn't his first class record is not that great, but McCullen thinks it fits into the system. So do the English selectors. So it, it, it's, it's a very uh, small sample. But hey, you if you've got an, uh, a method, an idea that everyone's sort of concurring to, 
you might as well try it. And right now, McCullum has and, and Stokes have got them to try it. They're playing it, and and so far they've got the results. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's going to be fascinating to see how they fare in other conditions, um, how they adapt. Uh, to your point, and uh, we'll we'll see how that how that goes. Well, with that, um, Gaurav, thank you so much for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. I really enjoyed listening to your thoughts and um, excited to see what you have in, in um, uh, what you have going on about the India's, uh, India's tour to Australia. And hopefully we'll, we'll bring you back to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Look forward to it. And thanks for having me on. Uh, keep going. Um, uh, you've already told me a couple of interesting podcast that you guys have done so i'm definitely going to tune in and listen to them especially when i'm flying home i've got a 14-hour flight so um, i'll definitely tune into that podcast (laughs) (laughs) awesome well safe travels back and i hope to have you back on the show shortly for sure no problems thank you for listening to another episode of the last wicket this podcast is a cricket guys production featuring your hosts benny mayank nish and himanish for more details, please visit thelastwicket.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, do let a friend know, rate, and subscribe on your platform of choice. Follow us on your social media feeds and leave us a voice message if you would like to share your thoughts with us. Thank you again for listening. And from all of us here at The Last Wicket, stay safe and stay healthy. Mm-hmm.